Good evening, everyone, and welcome to tonight's episode of Hey Sister. Hey, sister, how you doing? Hey, sister, I'm doing well. I know you were looking at my different backgrounds and changing <laughs> locations, but you know, I can't go anywhere. So I got to move to different parts of my house to try to feel like, you know, give myself different scenery. So uh, we're trying new stuff. All right. Well, you keep on trying new things and change the scenery. I see we got a few folks viewing tonight. If you're viewing, drop down in the comments. Let us know where you are watching from. We want you to like, follow, share, and subscribe to Hey Sister on all our social media platforms. You can find us on here on Facebook or YouTube as well as Instagram. And we want you to join the conversation in the comments because that's where the action happens. And we are super excited tonight because it is one Black History Month. So say it loud. We black and we proud. I see you got on your black. Uh, black is beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful sweatshirt. That's right. So uh, we are super excited about that. Hey, Miss Tasha Robinson Bank is hey, tuning in. Hey, Tasha. What's up? She's living room in the living room at Casa de Banks. That's right. We all um, are in our living rooms or in our offices somewhere while folks are over enjoying the Super Bowl. So if you out there enjoying the Super Bowl this evening, we say, hey. Oh, even, even the husband is tuning in. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> we appreciate everybody who's tuning in tonight. In typical Hey Sister fashion, we are going to start with a few hot topics. Um, we want to have a little more fun and levity. So we're going to start with the heavy stuff first. Um, in memoriam. So we've been doing the in memoriam every week. We lost, uh, I think yesterday, um, uh, Mr. Leon Spinks, who was a former heavyweight boxing champion. He had suffered from, uh, many forms of cancer in these last several years. And he passed away on yesterday. And earlier in the week, if you were a, um, a fan of the sound of music, uh, the actor, Christopher Plummer passed away. And if you were a fan of Saved by the Bell, uh, one Mr. Justin is Justin, Justin Diamond. Justin. Dustin, yes. not Justin, Dustin <laughs> Diamond uh, of Screech fame um, passed away after about also with cancer. So to their family, friends, and all that are impacted by their loss, we say rest in power to them all. I remember, because I'm of a certain age now, I don't know if you remember, sister, but I remember watching Leon Spinks and Muhammad Ali boxing matches. I mean, I remember when boxing was not pay-per-view and you could watch it on ABC with Howard Cosell. How about that? Uh, you know, anyway, I'm, I'm going to guess I'm aging myself a little, <laughs> a little bit there. Hey, Denise Toops is tuning in from Timido. Hey. hey, Denise, what's going on? Good to see you this evening. Um, so what's old is new again, huh? <laughs> so coming up this week on Tuesday, the second impeachment trial of one Mr. Donald John Trump, former president of the United States of America will take place. And I know, sister, you don't have a whole lot of uh, hope about this, but what are your thoughts about this? impeachment part do? Well, you know, um, 
I had to tweet about it earlier because I just feel like, um, you know, if Marjorie Taylor Greene, who sits in office now, wasn't held accountable in any, any way, shape or form, I don't really have a lot of hope for the GOP holding uh, a former political officer, um, even if he was a previous president of the United States. I, I, I don't have much in terms of expectations there. Um which is unfortunate because, uh, again, we keep talking about the kumbaya. Why can't we all just get along? Maybe <laughs> together now, but you know that comes with accountability and responsibility. And um, you know, I think I think it's a, a, a high, it's highly offensive that, from what I've heard, his his defense or his lawyers are preparing the defense of trying to make this about BLM and Black Lives Matter and protests. And I'm like, how y'all gonna, how you gonna blame us when we saw all the people who were storming the Capitol? It had some of us out there, but they should have been quick to, easy to identify. But, you know, I, I just, it's, it's appalling. So it goes back to, you don't really want unity. You just want your way. So it, it is what it is. Um, I, the only, only reason I want this dude to just like go away forever is I just don't want him to, why I want them to, um, you know, convict him and disqualify him is because I do not want him to be privy to, uh, any more security briefs. And I also don't want him, not that he was reading the ones when he was in office, but I don't want him to be privy to that classified information and I don't want him to get a pension and I don't want him to ever run for office again. But well, Joe Biden already took care of the security situation because he's not giving allowing him to have any more briefs. He made okay. that uh, announcement this week. Um as far as yes, um the pension and the uh and the security detail and all the other benefits of being an ex-president, even the opportunity to run for office again, we shall see. But yeah, I don't, have, I don't want him to run for the the, the school <laughs> office. I, I don't want you to run for nothing. Well, Jody is watching. Hey, Jody. Hey. How you doing? We have Denise Alexander who says, not going to happen next. She's like, move on. Y'all go on to the next time now. And then, yeah, right. They will not convict that idiot. Um, you said a mouthful, all facts. So that's what we are on the impeachment trial. Child, we'll see. I don't know. It ain't must-see TV for me. But one of the must-see TV moments that's coming up, have y'all seen the Coming to America Part 2 trailer? We talk about what's old is new again. Let me tell you, all these shows are coming back. Even Punky Brewster coming back, girl. What? Girl, you better you hear about Punky Brewster coming Punky back. Punky Brewster, grown up, is coming back. You need to you need to check out what's coming back. Yes, <laughs> that was your girl. Listen, don't get me wrong. I am so excited about coming to America, but can I just say, as someone who is an aspiring writer, um, guys, there are people out here creating new content. It's nothing wrong with you know, old being new again, but people are creating new content, you know, just stop looking under the same rocks and you'll find them. But anyway, back to the coming to America <laughs> trailer. Listen, so coming, coming to America part two is coming uh, March 5th on Amazon Prime. I actually watched coming to America just the other day because I just was in the mood like, let me go back and watch coming to America. Mm -hmm. Of course, Randy, uh, Randy Watson still makes <laughs> laugh 
sexual chocolate never fails. And, um, you know, hey, however, you you know, as we're preparing for our pre-show and our guests are going to come on, we think about the sense and sensibilities of our uh, younger generation. They may not quite get some of the jokes that we're going to be laughing at. So it's going to be interesting to see how it does, but it's going to be on Amazon Prime. And I am looking for it. Hey, we got even look, Dr. Flavor's in the house tonight. Hey, what's going on? We're so excited to have you here with us as well. So we are super excited tonight. You know, coming to America is a love story, right? <laughs> and so this month of February, it is Black History Month. But here at Hey Sister, we're going to be featuring, you know, real couples. Um, talking about real life stuff and talking about some real hashtag black love, some real hashtag relationship goals. You know, um, we may not be on the cover of magazines or we may not be featured on uh, the NAACP Image Awards, but they got some real couples out here who are going through real things in real life and making it work and looking flawless doing it. Uh, and so we're super excited to have friends that I've known now for a minute <laughs> who are a wonderful, wonderful couple, great friends. And we're super excited to have David and Tara Townsend with us this evening, all the way from the Austin, Texas. And we're going to bring them onto the stage. So welcome to Hey Sister. Hello, sisters. Hey, sister. How are you? We are we are so so good this evening. And you can see my cheeks are red. I don't have any blush on. It's just because I'm so happy that you all are here this evening with us. And so everybody that's in the comments, can y'all just show David some love because he's taking a pause for the Super Bowl to be here with us tonight. Hey, yes, yes, sir. sir. <laughs> so, how you doing, Mr. Townsend? Let's start with you. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing really well. <laughs> Happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we're so excited to have you. So we go way back. We do. Yes. At do. this point, I'm feeling like, woo, we go way back. Um, but even oh. before before we met, um, you all met, and so we want you. First, to tell folks about a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and then we'll talk about your story and how you came together. So we'll start with you, David. Tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from. What's your background? <laughs> uh, my name is David Townsend. I'm from the south side of Chicago. I grew up in a, a, a neighborhood called, uh, I guess you could just, it's on 111th and Halsted for anyone. And when I say Chicago, I mean really Chicago on the South side. Um, you know, I've got two brothers and a sister. I'm the youngest of four. I went to Northern Illinois University. I work uh, currently at Dell Technologies and I have my master's from St. Edwards University here in Austin, Texas. All right, fantastic. And you, madame? <laughs> Hello, ladies. Um, my name is Tara Townsend. I am from Boston, Massachusetts. Um, I come from a long line of Bostonians. Um, I went to the New England Conservatory of Music, um, studied classical vocal performance, and um, 
what else? Oh, and I am a mother of three beautiful children. Yeah, well, someone said, whoop, whoop, Chicago in the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, that is fantastic. So then tell us, how did a, a boy from Chicago and one of the original candy girls meet? <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. For real. See, um, <laughs> I know my friend, like, you know, we go back. Like I said, we go back. And, you know. <laughs> Do you want to tell the story? Or? you have. I'd you like want to me hear to? your version. Okay. So um, my family um, every summer would vacation on Martha's Vineyard. And um, the summer of 1996 was no different, except that when my mother um, came up, she came up the day after we did, she drove by a house that David and his friends were actually renting and they were hanging out. And so she literally pulled up and said, I don't know if you ladies know, I, you know, I was with some friends of mine. I had brought them down. And she said, um, there's some gentlemen who rented the house down the road and we got in our car. Um, I have to say that my sister at the time was driving a five series BMW. You could tell us nothing <laughs> <laughs> with the phone in the console. <laughs> and we got in the car. And we went down um, to meet David and his friends, and um, and the rest is history. It really is. Um, we met each other probably the day after as well, and he walked right up to me and said, "You're going to be my wife." I said, "I need you in my life." That's what he said. Oh, mm. he, he, so he pulled a juvenile on you. I need you in my life. <laughs> He said, I need you in my life. Yeah, you are going to be my wife and the mother of my children. Come through then. You mean just blame it on the Just put it all out there. All right. So tell us more. We would love to hear your side of this story now, David, because like that was a bold, you know, declaration to make in 96. You were a young man at that time. He was. I was. I was a young man, uh, probably pretty uh, out. it was probably outside, uh, if I recall, actually, we were outside smoking cigars. I was there with all of my buddies, all my best friends that I still know to this day. And we were outside smoking cigars and drinking scotch. I was probably just working. I just graduated uh, from college probably about a year earlier. And it was our first kind of vacation where we actually had a little money in our pocket. And so we were enjoying it. Uh, and then we saw this car pull up. Uh, with about three or four women get out of it. And I saw my wife and I just was like, she's fine as hell. And I, <laughs> I just went, went directly to her. So, and uh, the rest is history. We did see our, we saw each other a couple of times on the vineyard after that. And then, you know, probably about six or seven months after that, we were engaged and then married and we've been married ever since. All right. Well, let's give that, that's two snaps and a, <laughs> and a circle. <laughs> Two snaps in a circle. All right. Well, that is phenomenal. So then you all, so obviously you were a man who was clear about what you wanted and, 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 you know, uh, Tara, I guess you were clear at that point about what you wanted, uh, or had been looking for. So then let's talk about some of those early decisions as a couple, you know, so, and you said, Hey, this gonna be my wife, and you were like, "Okay, you gonna I'm, I'm gonna be your wife. Let's do this." Tell us about those early decisions you made at a as a couple that allowed you to be here this many years later. Well, we 
actually started about what was important to us. We started those conversations actually, what, three or four days after we met on the vineyard. Um, I had um, had the opportunity of watch my sister raise um, my nephew. And so I kind of had a insight as to, you know, the way young African-American children were being um, treated in the school system. So I kind of had an idea on children, how I wanted to raise them. And we talked about that. I think I said to you, I want to stay at home and raise the children. Probably I said, you know, I, I, I don't know where you are about children, but I think I want to be a stay at home mother. I don't know how you feel about that. And he was like, I support you whether you want to work or stay at home. So we started to have these really serious conversations um, early, but you also have to be the type of person that has been thinking about um, your values and um, what's important to you before you even meet the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. I think that that's, I think that that's really important. Okay. All right. And you, sir, want to tell us about some of those early decisions? Because I mean, you you right out of college, just mm -hmm. got some pocket change, and then you like, okay, I'm going to get this woman, we're going to do this, and you had to be very clear on some things. So where'd that come well, from for you? Yeah, well, just it's just the type of person I am. I, th I think, you know, my wife will, will say I've been pretty consistent in our relationship, and uh, just certain areas of my life, I've always had what I would consider a, a decent level of focus and understanding in terms of where I wanted to go and what I wanted to be able to accomplish. And, and uh, you know, having a family, having someone that uh, loves you and you love them back uh, was very important to me. And the opportunity to kind of share our lives together was very important to me. Uh, so even though I was just coming out of school, you know, I clearly as you, you know, you know, growing up, I mean, you have relationships. So, you know, what's not what's what, what you don't want. Um, so that by the time you do get to a position and you find someone who's really special, you can kind of identify that and say, OK, this is what I've been looking for. This is what I'm what I want. Uh, and I'm willing to make that commitment. And so that's what we did at a very early age. Okay. All right. And so then what brought you all to Austin? Because that's not where you started. No, uh, we started. Actually, we were uh, we we were flying value jet. I think my, my wife had moved to Atlanta. I was in Atlanta, yeah. Uh, and I was in Columbus, Ohio. I had just come out of undergrad and I was working for Lucent Technologies. My wife was in, um, Tara was in Atlanta. And uh, we were just, this was back when you had long distance phone bills, right? When you say on the yes. phone and you actually, you know, would pay for that in that time. Like um, hundreds of dollars, yeah, yeah. hundreds and hundreds of dollars. So uh, we ended up, you know, once we got engaged, she actually moved to Columbus for a little bit and, or right in between that, what happened? Or you missed a really important part of, about that. So the important yeah. part was that it's been we, a long time ago. <laughs> we were spending a lot of money yeah. between flying value jets. So we were risking our lives to see each other. <laughs> and, yeah. and we were um, spending hundreds of dollars in phone bills. Um, Mr. Townsend said, you know, I really think it is it makes financial sense for you to move here. And I said, I am not moving there without being engaged. Like that is absolutely not going to happen. That was that was power move. That it worked. <laughs> that, was, that was a good move. Like I, I teach that to my daughter. Yeah, I was yeah, like was, absolutely not. Yeah. And yeah. It, it wasn't until 
we made that commitment to each other that I, I did move there. And then moving to Columbus, Ohio, we began the building process. I would really, yeah, we really began building, you know, financially and, you know, on our relationship and things like that. Yeah, and we weren't there very long. I ended no. up getting recruited by Dell um, to move down to Austin. And so we moved, moved down here, I think, right after our wedding or right around that time. I think we moved a month before our okay. wedding. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's how we got here. And so we've been here for a little while, but we also left, went back to Chicago for a little bit. And we've been back and we came back probably about seven or eight years ago. So uh, and this has always been home. And clearly, you know, yourself and, and probably a couple other folks that that may be on the call. We, you know, we've known them ever since, you know, our first stint here. So it's good to be back. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, you know, um, I know my sister has a question. I'm going to let her ask a question before I get into the next topic. Go ahead, sister. Well, thank you, sister. Uh, since since we you did mention that you um you were very forward right in the beginning, Mister Townsend, mm -hmm. about you know wanting Tara to be your wife. What is it? How do you know, or how did you know she was the one? Because again, like my sister said, you were just coming out of college. It sounds mm -hmm. like uh, you know we didn't even mention that you're a man of Omega Psi Phi fraternity. So I'm sure there were some lady callers or some lady friends floating around. But, you know, so how did you know that? Oh, thank you. So like, so like on coming to America, he was going, he was sowing them wild oats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the question is, <laughs> so how did you know that he was the one, especially you had just seen yeah. him. You just were like, man, this, this is the one. Well, no, I, I think it, clearly, um, you know, at some point, once you've had a experience, a relationship or two or whatever it is that you need to kind of understand, hey, this is what worked. This didn't work. This is what I'm looking for. Um, you know, if you take that as a as a as a good representation in terms of, you know, associating with the things that you like or that you don't like or that you're looking for and, and you use that, then when somebody like my wife comes on, comes along and you see her and drop dead gorgeous most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my entire life, um, you know, coupled with a great attitude, personality and everything, then it's very easy. You know, it becomes, it's, it's a very easy decision, you know, and I think um, uh, as I tell people who are thinking about getting married or, or, you know, just ask questions about our marriage, it's like, you know, it may have been an easy decision, but it's probably the most important decision you'll ever make in your entire life. That's right. Like they, they can make you or break you. That's so, true. That's absolutely true. Yeah. And and so Tara, how did you know that David was the one considering that you also were relatively young and you just rolled down in the in the in the BMW to pass by the house with the fellas. So um, let me just say this because see, I know David just said how you you mentioned how David was for it. We we know Tara. So I know all that energy when Mama Mary came and like, oh, they got some young men down the street. I know all that energy. That was like, well, we gonna get in that car. I can see how it. I can see what happened. I wasn't even there. I didn't even know you at the time, but I've been with you enough to know how that went down. <laughs> yeah, that's probably how it went down. But actually, my story is a little bit different. I had, um, like many young women, I had had um, long term relationships and they were not working out. They they were not the caliber, right? 
you, we tend to date people that we're like, we're going to change him. He's going to get with me and he's going to become this wonderful person because I'm so wonderful. And that's not how it works. And so I actually, um, I was blessed to uh, uh, have my grandmother and my great grandmother in my life. And I, before we went to Martha's Vineyard, I said to my mama, I call my great grandmother, my mama, you know, how have you been married for 65 years. And, and I said, and how am I going to find the man that I want to marry? She said, you need to write down exactly what you want and you need to pray on it. You need to ask the Lord for what it is you want and be very truthful. So as God is my witness, I wrote down everything that I wanted. And at the end I put in God, you know, I can't spot them. I haven't been lucky before. You have got to make this easy for me mm -hmm. because I am picking the wrong person. So when I tell you that this man walked up to me and said, you are going to be my wife. I just said, thank you, Lord. Cause that's, I mean, he literally delivered this man to me. And then when you have found that man, then you make the choice. Mm -hmm. I am going to make this commitment. All those games and, and all that playing around you did beforehand, you have to push that aside. I am going to make this work. All and that's right. what I did. Woo. Well, honey, y'all have said a mouthful, a mouthful. Uh, you had you had some support in the comments said, uh, why sway? Let David be. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jeffrey, we know you are a man of Kappa Alpha side. We're sure you had some lady callers too. Hey, y'all over here. Not right. Uncle Jeff. I ain't saying nothing. Uh, but you know, so you, we've gotten your background, we got your story, and, and then the coming together story, and some of the early decisions you made about your values, about you know being a being a, a stay-at-home mom and being able to raise kids and those early conversations that you had. But one of the conversations that couples have all the time or may not have, but causes a big problem in a lot of marriages is money. Let's talk about, because this conversation is about overcoming obstacles. Let's talk mm -hmm. about money because money is a big obstacle that many couples run into and you all didn't run into that because you made some decisions about money early on as well. So tell us about that, because you overcame it before it became a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, um, you know, one is just to have a, a, a level of financial discipline. Uh, I, my mom would always say when I was growing up, uh, I'd get my allowance, I'd put it in a sock and I'd save it. And, you know, I'd be having to, to, to give or borrow money to my brothers and, and my sister. Um, and I just kind of always been like that. And so you know, the, the way I looked at it is, is when we came into this relationship, we had to kind of look at, you know, what were our assets, what were our debts and, and what, you know, what was the income that we had and what do we have to do to kind of, you know, get it to a point where we could live at least, you know, buy a house and live a, a, a solid lifestyle, you know, at that particular time. You know, my wife, when, when, when she met me, I mean, I was fresh out of school. I, she had a job for a couple of years or, or been working for a while. Um, and I was just learning all of this stuff. I was just learning, you know, just the corporate America. And so I had no no idea in terms of what the opportunities were going to look like. So I always assumed that, hey, this was the job I had. This is what I was going to do. 
And so we need to make sure that we could live within those means. Um, and so then once you understand kind of what your what your liabilities are and you start figuring out, OK, you know, how long is it going to take for us to pay them down? And you start executing to that plan and you don't deviate. Right. Because at the end of the day, we knew we wanted to have children. Uh, we knew we wanted to buy a house. We knew we, there were a lot of things that we wanted to do. In order to do that, you want to make sure that you're not doing anything irrational. You want to make sure that you're not going out and just putting on more debt. Uh, you want to make sure that you're living within your means. You're making good financial decisions. You're saving money. Uh, and all of those things plant the seed for where you get to 20, 30 years from now. And so I think we made some really good decisions. My wife backed me up 100 percent in terms of doing that. I supported her and her decision in terms of staying home. Uh, and I think when we combine both of those decisions, we had some phenomenal results in terms of each supporting each other's goals. And so we've been very successful and blessed to be able, be able to be here now. And I think there's an emotional aspect to that, too, um, that we um, I know for myself that I, I really always try, even in those early years, try to be grateful and um, did not try to keep up with the Joneses because our plan, your plan is different than somebody else's plan. So please don't look over the fence and see that that person has this and that person has that. We're making the same amount of money. How come we don't have that? Your plan is different than their plan. So just really concentrate on what you and your spouse are trying to uh, accomplish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's very important. I love that. Well, another thing that I know you've all had to overcome, and this is something um, that, well, you, you're, it's twofold. So we want to talk, I want to ask about loss of a parent, but then also aging parents, because both of you have, you know, um, <laughs> very strong minded women in your we life. We do. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, we do that are maturing, that may not see things the way you see them. So let's first talk about the overcoming, um, you know, aging parents um, and how you are managing that and the impact. Because I, I know when the house that you're in now, I remember, you know, in your guest bedroom, you're like, you know, we had it, I had it designed this way in the event that if one of our mothers have to come live here, this bathroom is accessible for this, this, and this, like all of these things you had in mind. Now, David probably didn't think about it in the design because he was like, I'm going to let my wife do what she do. Oh, I thought about that, though. That, okay. that is, yeah. 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 So tell, talk to us about that because a lot of couples are dealing with that. A lot of couples that right. have been in it for a minute and it puts a big strain on their their relationships. So tell right. us about just kind of dealing with aging parents. How y'all doing that? Well, that was another conversation that we had very early on. Um, so I, I think we made it very clear that um, that if if our mothers who wanted to live with us, that they were going to live with us, like putting them in a location um, was not in our plan at all, that that they would have a place with us our mothers are just whether they want to come with us, but putting our family or putting our parents somewhere else is not, was not part of our plan. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's something that couples need to talk about, right? Cause some parents, some uh, spouse may think it's okay to put your, your parent in a nursing home or something like that. And um, another, another spouse may think something completely different. So we talked about that ahead of time. 
And then you start um, talking about kind of what that would look like. Mm -hmm. And then just forging really good relationships with your in-laws, right? So that if something like that should ever happen, that your in-laws feel comfortable coming to you should they need to come to you. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Uh, you know, for, for aging parents, I think the, the, the challenge that we all have to make is, is at what point do you make that decision? Uh, at what point, uh, you know, have, have your parents and whether they're close by or, you know, another state or whatever it is, at what point have they gotten to where you might have to make the decision for them that they need to come stay with you? Uh, and that's just really staying in touch with them. I mean, I, I don't think there's any issue. I mean, we all talk to our parents, right? You know, I have siblings and we stay 100% engaged with, with our mom. My mom is, uh, my father died when I was 18, but my mom is still alive. Uh, and so, you know, the most important thing that we can do is, is make sure, you know, when that time comes, we have a plan, right, in, in place. Uh, then also you want to make sure that your aging parents have their own plan. They need to have a will, a power of attorney, all of the documents, man. My mom, the last time I was home, probably about a year and a half ago, or I guess, yeah, it's probably year and a half because yeah. COVID's been here. Uh, all of my siblings, we sat down and went with the, with her attorney over all of the paperwork. And you kind of find out a lot of stuff, right? You know, there are some decisions I can't make. I'm not a doctor, but my sister is. So she makes all of her healthcare decisions. But anything that have to do with her house or finances, I make all those decisions. And my other brothers just kind of sit back and, and let the youngest one kind of manage all of that stuff. It's, it's funny because you, you start to see kind of where your parents kind of like expect kind of their kids to step up. Uh, and even though you're the youngest or, you know, just like myself, I've always been called a baby. You know, in some instances, I'm I'm the older. Uh, I get to I get to carry the keys to the house. Even when I was young, I, we only had one lock. Uh, one key, and I would always have it around my neck. And I was in kindergarten when because <laughs> my brothers and sisters would lose it. So, anyway, <laughs> I think that's something that's just uh, been consistent with me. So, those are the things I think are important. You know, we need to consider for our aging parents. And I also think supporting supporting your spouse. Like I know when my dad my dad passed before my youngest child was born, and um, he had cancer, and you know, there was a lot of traveling back and forth at that point. You know, I had to meet with his doctors. He was living in Boston. And then even when he passed, um, David was really, really supportive, went down with me. Remember, we had to go mm -hmm. through all his stuff and things like mm -hmm. that. I think that there's a lot of, um, of course, there's a lot of emotional toll that happens with that. And then that's when the spouse needs to kind of step up and be there as a support. Because I know I needed a lot of support. I was pregnant as well as losing my father. And I, I just, I couldn't have, I couldn't have gone through it without David's support. Okay, all right. All right, sister, question. Well, I, I just think this is funny listening to David's, a lot of David's responses. He's such an engineer. It's, mm -hmm. it's <laughs> there's the emotional side and then there's the engineer side. And you have to learn how to kind of play off on that. Where are his strengths? Where are my strengths? Well, and that's what I was going to ask about your decision making, because you you guys have come to like you've made a lot of important decisions and it seems like you've done them very well. But how do you mix from someone? I'm going to call you a creative Tara. So somebody who's like a creative and and that sort of thinker versus someone who has an engineering mind. See, I'm all mixed up because I'm both. So I'm crazy. So how do you all, you know, make it work? How do we make it work? I think that. 
David's um, like, I'll let you answer all the questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, there are definitely, um, well, we've been married for it's a long time, a long time yeah. 70, 70 years. <laughs> we've been married for 70 years. So no, we've been married for 23 years. So it is true that we have settled into these roles, right? Mm -hmm. But um, and so, as you can see, the money aspects, you know, he does do the investigation. But what I appreciate is that he always takes the time to then sit down and explain to me, you know, what is this money market account? Why do we have this Vanguard? Why do we have this? Why do we have that? Um, so that I am included. Um, and so... I may not have done the initial work in finding out anything about this. I do feel like I have a say in all of these decisions as well. And then very, very important decisions are made together, period. Mm -hmm. That's super important. Okay. Well, then you are chugging along. Things are good. You're feeling footloose and fancy free. You weathered some storm um, with losing a parent. And then you had probably one of the biggest challenges that you all faced together. And that was your cancer diagnosis, David. So tell us how that happened, because you were still a very young man, healthy, you know, vibrant. Yeah. You yeah. might have still had a couple of hops on in, in back at that time, right? I don't know if you still can. And then it was like, where did this come from? So yeah. tell us about that and how um how did you overcome that together? Well, well, first and foremost, I think um, you know, as a black man, I think we all have to be extremely hyper vigilant about our health. Uh and the only reason um why I was able to catch this early is because just something wasn't right. I had I, I was diagnosed with uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma. I had a, uh, a, a enlarged uh, lymph node on my groin, uh, and it never went away. You know, and probably after a couple of months, I went to the doctor. He said, "Hey, let's just let it sit. Let's see if it goes down." Never went down. He said, "All right, well, let's go get it biopsied." And we had that. And basically, the doctor uh, who took it out was telling my wife, "He's seen this all the time. It's never anything." Uh, lo and behold, we find out that it's cancerous. And um, so next thing you know, I'm, you know, getting a whole bunch of scans. We found one in my neck. We found, um, yeah, I think it was just another one in my neck after that. So we had that pulled out uh, and I had to kind of go through some chemo. Um, but but the the point that I'm making here is that, man, had I not just really paid attention to my health, man, this thing could have, you know, cascaded into something terrible for me. Uh, and, and it's, 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 it's a very serious thing, but I remember just getting diagnosed and just, you know, as, as anyone you want to be able to live. Uh, but the joke was, is I want to make sure that my wife can't remarry. So that was my goal. I was like, man, I need to, <laughs> I need to make sure my wife can't remarry. All right. I'm sorry. So that was the truth. That that's, was the truth. That's, that's the selfish man in me. Uh, so I need to be around, you know, we can't have that. So anyway, so, um, you know, it, it was a it was a battle, but uh, you know I had a, a cancer that was fully treatable. I went through five rounds of chemo, and that that stuff. You know, my hair is it's not, I still have it, but it's changed tremendously. But uh, you know, I, my wife was there with me. It was great, you know, because she could go with me every day or go with me once a week. Go back when I had to go back for checkups and things like that. And it's it's good not to be alone during those times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, let's talk about from your perspective, wife. How was that for you? Um, it was extremely, um, scary.
for me um, at the beginning. But, um, you know, we remained extremely prayerful and it just we became all hands on deck. Right. So this is where when your spouse needs you, you need to step up. So I had three children. Right. I need to make sure they're all still doing well in school and, you know, telling them what it is that they need to know without scaring them. And I need to make sure that he's taking care of himself, taking him to his, you know, his treatments and things like that, keeping family members, you know, abreast of everything. And um, but the most important thing was that making sure that he was just um, he could concentrate on just getting better. Mm -hmm. That was the most important thing. Mm -hmm. And um, and I, I cannot say enough just to remain prayerful and just remain grateful and to, you know, thank God every day, mm -hmm. every day. I think that's just important just for anything. You have to be, um, I always tell David, every time I go grocery shopping, I go into HEB and I thank God for David mm -hmm. because I can go into HEB and pick up whatever groceries I want to. I don't have to worry about, you know, this is what I can buy this week. This is what I can't buy this week. Um, and just, I try to remain grateful for everything. And I'm very grateful to have my husband in my life, share this life with my husband. Mm -hmm. That is beautiful. All right, Christina, I saw because your whole face was like, hmm. You know, I bought in the grocery store for the man? <laughs> no, I no, because I was actually in that moment like, well, and I am so thankful that Robert goes to the grocery store and he buys all the stuff that he wants <laughs> to buy because he knows it is, I, I hate grocery shopping. It is <laughs> one of the worst aspects of life to me. So I am so grateful that he goes into that grocery store and gets all the foods that he wants. But um, no, I was going to say, I think that though it sounds like obviously you all, when you made the choice, when you said you wanted to work, wanted to be a stay-at-home mom or, or wanted to work from home, should I say, because you do a lot of work at home even when you don't go to a job. But um that I, I can imagine that that played to that turned out to be a good thing that you all were set up in that way once the cancer diagnosis happened, um, because right. it allowed you to have a lot more flexibility. And I think obviously many of us who work outside of the home, we're in these work from home scenarios now, and we're re we're recognizing just how much time is wasted going into a job. But that's a whole nother story. Mm -hmm. But. Uh, anyway, so I, I know, Dimitri, you were going to ask, you were going to talk about the friendships and the relationships that you all have as a uh, married couple. So I didn't know if you were going to go to that so that I can ask my questions about that. Well, I'm going to let you go ahead and start that then. Well, I just, I, yeah, I wanted to talk to you all about, you know, how do you transition, so to speak, once you become a married couple, transition um, into having those marry friend relationships without it feeling like um you're abandoning if you will your 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 single friends i know for for me obviously i'm old old so by the time i get married ain't nobody going to care but when i was 
I had friends who got married when I was younger. And I mean, like I was fresh out of college or some got married when I was still in college and our relationships changed because obviously I wouldn't have any kids or, and I didn't have a spouse and it was unfortunate in a lot of ways, but it wasn't, I didn't want them to think like, Oh, I can't, I can't hang out with you because now you're the married woman. It wasn't like that. It was just, we just, our lives were just so different. So how did y'all make that transition, so to speak? Right. Well, I think for us, it was a little bit easier because we were married and we moved away, right? So we, we moved to Austin, Texas as a newly married couple. So we immediately began to make friends, you know, with other married couples. So I can see if, you know, you are living in a place where you have a lot of friends, they're all single and then they're starting to get married. I can see that being a challenge because um, a lot of priorities do kind of shift for a married couple. So I can see that we didn't really we didn't experience a lot of that. But, you know, since David is an Omega and and I'm an Alpha Kappa Alpha woman, we did meet, you know, sorority sisters, fraternity brothers that were single, mm -hmm. you know, so there are some things that you do do with single people, but we really did um, start our journey as a married couple with other newly married couples. And um, we then began to um, really choose those friendships based on, you know, what their values were. Did they, did they align with our values? And then we became just this really close, newly coupled friends group. And it was, and, and when I look at that group now, yes, we have lost one or two couples, you know, marriages, but for the most part, we are all still happily married. And that to me made a big impact mm -hmm. on what we're trying to accomplish is mm -hmm. not anything new. Other couples were trying to accomplish the, the, the same things. Mm -hmm. And was there ever a time, because I actually had this experience with one of my friends who was married um, and obviously I was not, um, you know, her husband had, he was fine with her hanging out with their married friends, but he didn't want her necessarily hanging out with us single ladies, which I was like, I'm not in, I'm not interested or in the business of putting your wife in a position that she shouldn't be in. That's just crazy. But it was what it was. So it had that ever been something that was an issue for either one of you, maybe not wanting the other to hang out with certain friends? <laughs> no, we did a lot of our hanging out at the house. Um, you know, so it, it, you know, I didn't waste a whole lot of money. So this is, <laughs> It's cheaper to buy beer from from from. I know that's right. You made the party at the crib. <laughs> yeah, we so the girls would come to our house and we just yeah, it'd, it'd be all the bros. I mean, I, they could let themselves out after I pass out. So you know, our 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 relationships with with married couples, as my wife kind of pointed. I mean, we we grew up together, right? And we lived in a small neighborhood. A lot of folks that that we knew, and we just walked to each other's house and hang out, and that was about it. So. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say there was a lot of, a lot of, you know, that stuff going on. No, but I do recognize that, you know, your spouse is going to have friends and they're not all going to be married. And I think that as long as everyone is being respectful, there's not a lot of time being spent 
with, you know, a certain, you know, type of friend or, or things like that. Um, yeah. I think that that's fine. <laughs> um, but it really is about trust and it's about, you know, respect and, um, you know, uh, it's really important for you to have your own friends and to have your own interests and things like that. I mean, David likes to golf. I don't like to golf. I mean, and I'm not going golfing. So he needs somebody to golf with. So yeah. I'm, I'm totally fine with that. And we've developed this, um, this routine where he golfs in the morning and then he stops off and gets, we have this thing called steak Saturdays at the Townsend household. He handpicks the steaks. He likes to cook. He likes to grill and he comes home and he, he grills. And so golfing is part of what he really likes to do. It's what he does to unwind. And I support that. Yeah. I spent a lot of time at the grocery store as well. So very nice. I know. <laughs> well, my I, there was a comment about those certain, certain friends. So um, how do you have those conversations about number one, you know, because it sounds like you guys had a really strong couples group of couples that had similar values and what have. You. But of course, not all your friends have the same mm -hmm. outlook on life. Let's call it that. Mm -hmm. um, so, how do you have those kind of conversations? And how do David do you kind of chin check your boys that maybe aren't on the same path? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh you're going to have friends and, and part of them, uh, they're going to have a, a different persona that may not align in terms of what, what you're doing. Right. And so they have to leave that part of themselves at home. You know, if they're, they're coming over, right. Uh, or you're spending time with them, right. You don't engage in that behavior. You know, you got people, you know, before we was legal or, you know, hanging out, smoking weed, you know, doing like, Hey, I can't do that. I got to work in the morning, you know? And so, you know, you just kind of figure it out kind of what are the what are the areas that uh, because they're your friends. Right. You know, and they're always be your friends. Right. But there are just some things that you're going to have to divest yourself from in terms of the engagements that you have with them. All right. So that's that's kind of how you manage it. And usually a friend will understand that. Right. They, they know it because they feel uncomfortable mm -hmm. when 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 something goes down like they 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 can feel it. Right. And, they, and no one wants to feel that way. So uh, they avoid uh having to kind of deal with that. I would say they know your wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, also I think it's important that you don't allow that drama into your home. We all know that girl from high school and college, you've been friends forever, but oh, she bring the drama, right? <laughs> and you have been in the car when she's like, we need to drive by here to see if his car is there. And you've been in that car. <laughs> But when you get married, you cannot get in that car with her anymore. You cannot bring that foolishness home with you. So I, I do none of that. Mm -mm. <laughs> you don't know what I'm talking about? Okay. No, <laughs> she didn't have, she didn't have that many friends for like that growing up. She didn't, you didn't. You you had a just a handful full of friends and very few. She just didn't have a lot of friends like that. Mm -hmm. My problem is I have a lot of friends from a lot of different different places. parts of my life mm -hmm. right and yeah we, i gotta work if y'all out here watching y'all my friend can y'all just tell, say y'all my friend because i do have <laughs> okay sister now if i hadn't said it you would have said i don't really have a lot of friends but now, it is true that highly selective 
that um have deep meaningful relationships. Okay, so yes, that that is absolutely true. And if if it and if something really was gonna go down, I know who got my back. Okay, well, if something really needs to go down, then yes, I will be. I'm talking the foolishness. You have to you have to stop that. Don't bring it to your house. The fool, nobody in your house should be arguing over your friend's foolishness. That that needs to be Ooh, left. That's a, that's a word. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For sure, for sure. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. then let's talk about the future. Um, and um what is your hope for you know, because you are officially about to be full yeah. on. Are you about to empty nesters for real? For real? Why you make me cry? Yeah, we're almost. You're about to be full on empty nesters, and what is um? So what does the the next twenty you know, plus years look like? Yeah. Yeah, right. A lot of tuition. So that was another thing that we talked about early. Was you know we talked about how do we create wealth? How do we set our children up for success? Mm. And one of the things that we said was that we want to make sure that you know we're able to pay for their college so that we're not saddling them with debt, right? And so, um, and. Um, we've realized that we've looked at other couples and we realized that after they graduate, they still might be with us for a couple of years, right? (laughs) (laughs) So we're kind of preparing for that as well. But we do talk about, we talk a lot about David's retirement. Um, It's our retirement. I mean, it is our retirement. See, that's another thing that I just, I'm so grateful of David that even though I don't work outside the home, everything is always us, right? He, he doesn't make the money. It's our money and it's our retirement. And, you know, what are we going to do in the future? Um, and we talk about that a lot, right? You, you want to go to Europe and take some cooking classes and. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I want to, uh, we'll probably find a spot become a, a member at some club. I want to golf. I want to golf during the week, kind of relax, cook, drink some really good wine, watch my kids grow, have a family. Uh, be able to be it's not Mar-a-Lago, we good, brother. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not going to be there. It's not going to be there. There's so many golf clubs for you to choose from, and I, am, I, am, I love this. We, we're fully aligned. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But it's 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 about um, um, I still would like to continue with nonprofit work. Um, I don't see that stopping anytime soon. And, um, you know, some traveling. I mean, we've we've made I wouldn't call them sacrifices, but we've definitely made decisions um, to get where we are. So there are a lot of things that we haven't had a chance to do that I would like to, you know, Yep. What is the joke? We we have to go to Africa, <laughs> yep. right? We yep. have to go to Africa. Yep. We have yep. to, you know, yeah. There there there's some definite things that we'd like to do um, in the future. All right. Well, I I hope that we in the um can be in that future with you. I don't know, sister. You have a another question. Uh, you have a chapter member who is viewing um Tara. 
um, in the Beta Psi Omega. Beta Psi yeah. Omega. They don't know about that data. They don't know. I've heard that way too many times. I know. All those years scrapbooking yep. in the kitchen table. Oh. <laughs> listen, that's what I'm saying. Folks, don't listen. Don't, don't let the smooth taste fool y'all. They got, we got, we go back. back. We go back. Actually, um, Demetria's son was born on our anniversary. Yeah. We actually were going out for dinner and we stopped off at the hospital to see Devin. Sure I mean, we, we've just been friends for what? 22 years, 23. Yeah. It's longer. Long time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think you were just married. I, you came to a meeting and I was like, Hey, you know, this is who I am. I, I hadn't even, um, Jeff and I were just kind of just started dating. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, it just, we just I remember doing your invitations. I remember mm -hmm. um, doing the calligraphy on your invitations. Like that's yep. how long we've been friends. Yep. So we go back and I will say um, those who didn't make it, we, we kind of felt they weren't going to make it. And those that have made it <laughs> to the other side. Dang. Those truth. that have made it to the truth. other side. That's true. We, you know, we've all had our own little um, kind of ups and downs along and, you know, ins and around. Um, but I will say this about this couple of folks. I hope y'all, um, you know, know this. And I don't just like praise on people like the, the, these are the real deal, like real folks. Um, David has always been down, welcoming. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to heap the flowers on you. My friends on one on their little show, they always give people their flowers. I'm going to heap some flowers on you because David, you know, you remind me a little where you and my husband are similar. Y'all are just good dudes. That's right. Yes. That's he right. A great man. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all right. are just good dudes. And there's not a whole lot of good dudes out there, but you two. Right about that. <laughs> That's right. Just no. Dudes. And so I appreciate that. And, um, you know, appreciate. I remember those days. And I remember the first house. Right. That's mm -hmm. right. I remember the first house, too. And I was great. We were so grateful for that. We used to stand across the street looking at that house. And mm -hmm. saying, I can't believe we own this house. Like, it's just so grateful. Yep. Yeah. I remember, you know, all those iterations and seeing the, the development over time. And now, and you being Mr. World Changer um, <clears throat> and traveling <laughs> all over the world. And, and while still keeping your family um, at the forefront of everything you do and all the decisions you make. And so I'm just really proud of both of you, what you built together as, as a couple, as a family, and, and really any obstacle that you, you, you have faced, you, you both have just faced it with dignity, with grace, and just like, you know what, we have, we have other things to do. So we just gonna keep focused on those other things we have to do. And if you ever need a plan, Y'all can see David is the man to create the plan and, and he will execute that That's plan. Flawless. That is true. So, yes. So I just wanted to heap a little praise on you. He's one of my favorites. So, and well, uh, let's see. Jeff Wonderful. says, I didn't think I could um, drink that much beer. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, to go toe-to-toe with me, man, you, you got to, hey, that's a hard thing to do back then. Now, I don't know how much you tell your viewers, but David and Mr. Uh, Jeff Sloan, they do a very mean karaoke. <laughs> don't they? Yeah, it's 8 o'clock. <laughs> the Super Bowl's on. <laughs> It is, it is, it is, but yes, they do a very big karaoke, <laughs> and um, yeah, we have we have some good stories to tell. Like I said, y'all, do. My, my cheeks might be back cool. on. I'll it tell. Is. I'll I'll give all the tea at that point. <laughs> before, so so that we can let David go to see the Super Bowl. Before we go, I just want to ask one final question, which is, since this was about overcoming obstacles, and you all have done a wonderful job as being a, a, a great married couple and being friends all of these years, what is your one piece of advice you would give somebody who is entering into a marriage or thinking about marriage? I would say remain grateful and prayerful and um, and you need trust. You need um, to be valued. You need to be respected. Um, these are things that cannot be taught. They have to be there from the beginning. That's super important, especially for women. Um, you are not changing anyone. There are some fundamental um, values that need to be present. He doesn't have to be rich. He doesn't have to have that super job, but there are some fundamental values that must be present. All the love in the world is not going to make someone, you know, change. No, it may inspire them to make the changes within themselves but you yourself cannot um, change anyone. Mm -hmm. All right. And you, sir? I think we just have to be open and flexible in terms of kind of where this marriage is going to take you, right? I mean, you have all of these ideas and, you know, things are going to happen and sometimes they don't work out, That's right? True. And you just need to kind of, you know, continue to, you know, make prayer a part of your life and love and, and uh, you know, do the best that you can, right? Yes. So that, that's that's probably the most important thing. Yes. There's no laziness. <laughs> uh, I'm typing that in the comments for the folks. Um, best you can. Do the best you can. I love that. Well, if you would hold the line, I want to thank everyone who did come on tonight on the Super Bowl Sunday because we're talking about the Super Love. If you're watching this in the replay, we still want you to add your comments to this episode so we can see them and come back. And we want to thank you both for being on with us tonight. So if you would wave to the camera. Thank you for having us. That was wonderful. Yeah. So y'all wave to the camera. We're going to say good night, everybody. Good night.